in the shotgun on third down and seven. Three receivers to the right. Mariota drops, steps up. He can run a long way. 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, and zone. 87 yards. Touchdown, Titans. Welcome back. The Transatlantic Titans podcast reaches a fourth episode. We haven't been pulled off the air yet. I am Adam hosting today. I'm joined by Harry and Greg, who've obviously been here before. And a debutante, Paul Russell, is here. Um, so, well, hello to you all, but hello to hello to Paul. Hello. Hello. Nice nice to, well, first first Scott on the show. Yeah. Um, it's um, been... Uh... Aren't many of us, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> there, well, I know, I can think of at least three scottish titans fans that i that i know of um and obviously you're the first choice so here, here you are um well tell us tell us your story of how you well how you became lucky enough to be a fan of this great team okay so i got into nfl 10 years ago um somewhere around there nine ten years ago uh and the person who got me into nfl was a patriots fan so for my first two years of nfl life i was a kind of mild Patriots fan. I didn't really have a team. I just by default supported the Patriots. Uh, and then, then saw the light. Yeah, then you. I saw the light. <laughs> um, <laughs> All this glory, I, it's not for you, you know. I met my fiance, who happens to be from about an hour north of Nashville um, and a Green Bay Packers fan. And coming from the UK, that makes zero sense to me because we're always taught to support our local teams. At least we are in Scotland. Um, we're always taught to support our local football teams. So then I went, why are you not a Titans fan? Uh, and then the time I started getting serious was around about the time we drafted Mario. So I went, okay, I'm going to follow this guy's career. The Titans are the team for me. And about six games into that season, that was me. I was diehard and I've been there ever since. Excellent. And that, well, his first season, there wasn't much to. No, shout about other than some of his own performances. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. But if you can get if you can get through that, you can get through anything. It's all all ups and downs, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, but that's that's why we're here. Last week was up. The week before was down. This week down a bit again. But well, Buffalo. I guess. Well, I guess we saw that coming. Yeah, I remember in a, uh, an earlier podcast. I think it was our second episode. Greg said that he'd be happy if we went one on one, and that he he saw us going one on one against the Falcons and the Bills, and and that prophecy turned to be true. So fair play to you on that one. I wish I listened. Um, I'm not I'm not often right, but uh, yeah. And this I, I don't know the Bills the Bills game was always going to be the the tough one uh, in terms of up against that defense. I think for me uh, it was the Falcons game was a bit of a free shot, but at the same time. Everything, every every game is a must-win game, and I felt Sunday was one that we I really wanted us to go and make a statement um, against a really good defense, have an offense with a really good display. We can always trust our defense, so I'm not worried about our defense in any way. But unfortunately for uh, for us, it, it didn't quite work out as I hoped it would. No, uh, I kind of fully agree with that. I was expecting a defensive slugfest, very low scoring, and that's exactly what we got. Um, 
well disappointed by our display, but I don't think some of that might have been our fault with a bunch of the stuff that did happen. It's it's a funny one because I personally I don't think ignoring the defense for for a moment, which I think we're we're all going to agree we're we're quite happy with that that performance. It's hard to fault our defense when we've the worst or the most amount of points we've conceded all year is twenty. Um, but other than on the other side of the ball, I don't think we actually played that badly considering what we were up against. It was just the obvious things that went wrong that I suspect we're we're going to come on to. I mean, it's it's the only thing that people probably disagree on who you who you really blame, if that's the right word. You've there's obviously four missed field goals is is going to lose you a seven point game. Um, some decisions from the officials, arguably. Then you've you've got some strange coaching decisions. You've got some O line play, particularly in the first half, that's very questionable. And you could argue Marcus, but I don't I don't think Marcus did much, if anything, wrong on Sunday. Um, no, who are we blaming? Is... If that's the the right the right way of looking at it. I think under yeah, the circumstances, I, I don't think you can really blame Marcus too much. But I think um, the pass protection for me was uh, it was it was really quite poor the whole game. Um, obviously, Luan was was definitely rusty. I think it's fair to say. Obviously, having you know for the last four weeks not being in, in there, I think it's he's definitely came back with a little bit of rust, and and we started to see the kind of O line that we saw. Uh, against Jacksonville and, and probably the Colts as well after what was a, a quite comfortable performance against Atlanta against albeit a worse defence for, for I just don't see this the Sunday just gone against the Bills I, I watched obviously missed the uh, missed the game live but I watched it back and, and it was just pressure constantly constantly on Mariota they just had no time to really do anything with the ball but when he did have a chance to do something with the ball, I mean, you look at the receptions on uh, or that he did make. A lot of them were actually relatively good. I mean, they're, they're all decent yardage. If you look at obviously Johnny Smith, only one reception, but I think it was for 55 yards, 57 yards. I think um, even Humphreys, who's obviously a slot receiver, was was averaging around seven or eight yards, and then everyone else is pretty much up and above ten. So when he was getting the opportunity to spray the ball around he was they, they were getting some success but unfortunately he just took too many sacks and you have to blame the island o-line for that yeah i think um it was a, a super frustrating game uh, we we go back to this quite a lot on this podcast and i think most times podcasts do <laughs> it's just so frustrating to be in that situation so often where you come back from a Falcons game, I think we've probably diagnosed it a little bit better now, that their D-line just wasn't up to much. And if their D-line or the opponent's D-line isn't up to much, then we have a really good chance in the game. But the O-line that we've retooled a little bit this year just hasn't worked how it how it was meant to. Saffold's given up five sacks in five games. And Nate Davis and Douglas, just we haven't worked that out. Panfield's back this week, or at least is training again. So that's maybe something to look forward to, depending if he slots in or not. But I totally agree with Greg. The, the, the O-line just didn't give us a chance or didn't give Mariota a chance to really get much going. And then I'm sure we'll talk about it, but Santos, I mean, come on, man. Like, kicker's got to kick a goal. Um, and it just didn't didn't happen for him. And 
part of that, I think, was coaching decisions. Part of that was just he got in his own head, and from there, it was a, a real uphill struggle for him for the day. Well, okay, okay, let's 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 get into that. I mean, the first, you see, this. I'm only going to blame the coach for the last one. Now that it's a pretty big finger, I'm I'm pointing here when I say that, um, because I don't I, I don't understand what's going through Mike Brable's head at that point to say, oh yeah, we've got a fourth and four. Here's a 53 yard attempt or whatever it was. Why don't you have another go, Cairo? But you look you look at the others. The first one, which was after Mariota took a sack, which could argue wasn't his fault on that occasion made it harder but that was over a 50 yard attempt that missed the left upright by sort of six inches by the looks of it and it was one of those it could have what it could have wobbled in but you know that that goes over he probably doesn't do what he did I it's, it's it's a strange thing it, I mean it must be all in between the ears but it just went to pieces from then that second attempt I don't know where that ball went honestly it was it you couldn't see like I've, I'm watching it and I've lost it and they, oh, it's, it's no good. Well, I could tell it's no good because I can't see the ball. You know, it's like you, you hit, a, you, I don't know if any of you play golf and you, you sometimes you hit such a bad shot and you look up and you expect to see the golf ball in the distance and you just can't because it's not in your field of vision. It was, it was, it was like that. I don't know. Yeah, I can play, I, I can play golf critique. I can play golf incredibly badly, and uh, so I know exactly what you're referring to there. But I think in um, for for Cairo, yeah, it's 100% in the head. I think um, once he, he the first one he missed, obviously it wasn't an easy an easy shot, but you kind of expect it. You kind of expect them to put that through, and then you had the what was essentially a bit of a chip shot. I think what was it 30, 33, 34 yards, whatever it was. Once he'd missed that, that was it. His head was gone. Um, why Vrabel thought he had confidence in him. I don't believe he had confidence in him because that was a, what was it, 55-yard attempt in that, in that fourth miss that he had. He, if he had confidence in him, he would have kept him. I genuinely do think that. He, yeah. I think yeah. He, was almost, he was almost saying, here you go, Cairo, you've got one opportunity to save your bacon, uh, yeah. rather than actually thinking, do I go for this and try and get ourselves really back in the game? Which is a, a very odd decision, in my opinion, and I think you have to definitely point the finger at Vrabel. Uh, not for the first time this season, not for the first time since he's become head coach, because I think there's been some questionable decisions in his whole tenure so far. But does that go back to the uh, game against the Falcons, where he did go for it on a fourth down? And That's exactly, exactly what I was going to say. Is he overcompensating or like trying to correct it by? Two wrongs, making it right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's circumstances, though. It's circumstances. You have to look at, he's just missed three field goals, one of which, I, I, you know, it was, I mean, I could have made it. Um, and there's a couple, and you know, one of them, you know, anything over 50, you kind of think, you know, there's a chance you might miss it, especially for someone like Santos, who isn't you know, a world-class kicker. But at the same time, why, if he's just missed three, three field goals, his confidence is clearly going to be down. Surely, if, if there's any time to to be ballsy and be very ball, that's, that's, that's the time to do it. Uh, but he didn't. He decided to go for the field goal, which I just don't think in the end obviously turned out to didn't work out, unfortunately, for Cairo. And obviously we'll come to, to what happened later in, in the week with that. But I just, think in, me, that, in, that, in that situation, by the way, regardless of the kicker, if we've got suck up seven points down with, what was it left on the clock? Five, six minutes. I've forgotten now, but it, it, it was very much a go for it 
or or even maybe a punt. Just it didn't feel like they. What's that going to do? Bring you within four? You've still got to go down the field and score a touchdown at some point. It just felt yeah. a bit. Like I it... did think he. I agree with Greg. I think he used it to seal Santos's fate and <laughs> make him feel a bit better about getting rid of him the next day. Because we knew that was coming. If it didn't, there probably would have been an uproar from the fan base. Yeah, I would, I, we're probably in agreement that was the right decision to cut him. I mean, what it, it's different if he's if he's your guy. So I mean, say Ryan Sucker doesn't get injured at the start of the season. He he has a game like that. I think it's a very different conversation, personally. Yeah. And um, but this, this, this is, is this, this is, actually... is a filling guy anyway. But also, this is something that you have to question Robinson on because, and I think it was the guys, I was listening to the Irish Titans podcast, they brought this up and, and I actually completely forgot about it. And they they didn't bring a kicker in in the off-season. They had Austin Barnard taking, taking kicks, who is a punter. Uh, if Suckup was injured and was likely to miss what it looks like, mean, I don't know, he's not going to be back now until, what is it, week is it eight, nine, eight, whenever it is? Eight or nine, back. something like that. Yeah, so if he's not going to be back for then, why don't you bring a kicker in in the off season? Why do you bring a punter to take to take field goals? It just feels like a very odd decision for for Robinson to make and Vrabel because I think they're both responsible for that. Did it they just, know, know it was going to be eight weeks though? I'm not sure they did. I don't, I don't know. I don't think they did. He was still kicking. He was still kicking in preseason. So for me, as a as a coach or GM, if my kicker's even got a slight risk. Of not making it to week one, I may as well rest him for, for all the preseason and training camp. But he was still getting the reps and still getting the, the bits. I really do think they they didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was. And when it manifested itself to be uh, an IR kind of injury, then they were like, "Oh, okay, now we need to do something about it." They yeah. just weren't prepared. I just I'm surprised you if you're going to go. I'm going to see Barnard coming in during the off season. I mean, maybe they just want to try and save Kern. I don't know, but it just why don't you just bring a kicker in then? It just doesn't. I mean, bring someone in who's going to then get a bit of time to get themselves in, whether it's Santos or anyone else for that matter. In the end, I think they were forced to kind of rush into a decision with Santos. They brought him in. I mean, in fairness, he's he's not been amazing, but he hasn't been horrendous until this past week. So, for me, I, I think he's uh, he's obviously done now it's uh we, we've moved on which is uh a shame but unfortunately i think if you miss field, four field goals in the game and let's face it two possibly three of them you should really be making i think you kind of know your, your day's up yeah i don't so i mean cody park is now coming in who has had his own issues elsewhere but i don't think you have I mean, he's he's probably the ne- he's the next cab off the rank or the best kicker available. You have you have to assume because you can't at this stage. You've you've not got you've not got many options. Um, short of I mean, you said you could make that field goal, Greg. Um, yeah, we could have could have given you a call, but other I mean, other than, other than that, you've got to take whoever's there, and you there's there's slim pickings out there. It's a funny funny beast kicking. Yeah, it's, the, like it's one of the weirdest positions. It's like a rotating, revolving door just until you find someone. We're lucky because we have suck up, but most teams just seem to rotate them and they just go around the league. Yeah, yeah. Funny, funny enough, it's not really an issue with, for all the Titans' problems over the years, and there have been many, 
having a reliable kick has never really been one of them. This is a, this is new for us. You know, we've always had. It's really, it's really funny because Ryan stuck up there this last year where he missed a few a few kicks you'd expect him to take, and there was a couple of times I was thinking, this is this is not you know what's happening here. There's something not quite right. But I it wasn't agree, this I think... bad though, was it? And he, no. got, he he bounced back the, as well. The, the odd, that's I think that just shows the blessing that we, that we have with Ryan Suckup that he misses one kick and I'm sitting there starting to doubt him. When now I think I'll never doubt him again after watching Sunday. Now, no, I, 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 mean, I think back to. Go on, sorry. Uh, just to expand that a little bit as well, like the the whole of our special teams, especially the kicking side of it. I don't think there's a Sunday yet where we've not in our group chat sort of talked about Kern and how he just pinned that defence back as well. Um, yeah. Got to give credit to him as well. Our, our kicking game has been really solid for years and we're only just now experiencing what it's like to be like the Buccaneers who had to spend a second round pick on a kicker a couple of years ago. Like It's, it's, it's hard times once you realise that those automatic points that you expect as soon as a, a stirring offence gets into field goal range isn't necessarily automatic. I think we've really struggled. Yeah, I mean, we Brett Kern, by the way, the goats, abs, absolute best punter in the league, best punter for years, and and we've we t- I, I don't know if we take that for granted. We don't. I think we appreciate we appreciate we appreciate oh, that. Yeah, some, especially those those sort of games where it's tight defense, field position. That punt, you know, it'll be a punt from our own thirty and. Colonel just stick it within their five or something. It's just that's invaluable. You know, there's there's no you can't rate that lower than a receiver catching a twenty yard pass because you're changing the field position by that much you know, just by having the. I, I think that's what surprised me about the decision to like take the field or field goal attempt on Santos because, like you said earlier, we could have punted it, and in that field position that we were in. We could have really, literally put them on their on their one yard line with Kern, um, and that would have changed the you know potentially the field position. Then we could have got ourselves into if we could have got a you know a very quick three and out. Uh, we could have ended up you know with if a de- with a decent return. We could have ended up you know maybe thirty yards from from the end zone. So it's, it, that's what again with we're talking about Santos and going for that field goal when we did. I genuinely do think the best chance we had of winning that game was putting Kern in there, pinning them right back on on their as close to their their end zone as possible, and then going from there. It may have been too late at that point. My feeling watching the game was the bit we haven't discussed yet. The the drive that ended with nothing ended up well. One of the field goal misses was uh, Derek Henry had a touchdown call back holding, I think. And then we had AJ Brown's touchdown called back for Marcus allegedly being slightly over the line when he threw the pass. I still don't think he was, but I've kind of calmed down. I was, I was pretty annoyed at that moment because it just felt that that touched. You know, it goes to a commercial break and you sort of know what's coming. The flag's been thrown. Um, when, yeah, when he first threw it, I thought, thought he might have been over the line. Sure. But you see the replay in his foot, the heel of his foot, I think, is just just kind of still on it and I just thought that touchdown stands we win the game that touchdown doesn't stand and we don't and it, that was the moment for me and it it's no one's fault it's just one of those things and I I get that you'd throw the flag because it did look that way and I can also see how you don't overturn it <laughs> clear and obvious you know, football might disallow a goal for 
someone's nostril hair being offside, but they're they're not doing that in the NFL. There, yeah, you know, for the most part, I think doing those things as 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 they should and trusting an, an on-field decision, unless it's absolutely glaring, and it it probably wasn't. But you know, that's that's a fine margin that a tight game can come down to. Yeah, it wouldn't be the Titans if that. Those don't go our way, do they? They go the way of teams like the Patriots. <laughs> I think that's uh, with the drive that you mentioned where we literally got nothing from it in the end. I mean, there, there was penalties called there. I mean, Luan's penalty for um, full start, I thought was incredibly harsh. I mean, literally, he barely moved an inch, um, but was called called for the full start, which was harsh. And we just kept getting ourselves further back and back and back. Um, and eventually, we all know what happened with the with the resulting field goal. But yeah, that was that was a real killer moment, I think, in the game. I mean, when I watched it back, obviously, I knew what the result was, so I knew exactly what was going to happen. But, but I think for you guys watching it live, I'm almost certain that you'd be sitting there at that particular point, thinking, "There's no way we're coming back now. Even even one score down, we're we're not going to come back and win this game." Um, it just didn't go right for us on the day I think everything I've, I've watched back you just and I, I watched the kind of 40 minutes which pretty much is every single play and you just you just you just felt straight away you just it just wasn't ever going to be our day and I think if, I, if I'd watched that back and had no idea what the scoreline was going to be I'd probably be thinking the same as you did on on Sunday yeah yeah I think uh, uh, you kind of got the feel for the game as well from the very first play when I think it was Luan got called for a very light holding play as well on a 22-yard yeah. pass to Delaney Walker on the left-hand side. You knew from that point that, that it was going to be a, a bit of a rough day as a Titans fan. The optimism still was there for sure, but um, and the conquering hold on, on Derek Henry's run was definitely a hold. Um, it was... It was just obvious as soon as you put your hands where he's yeah. going to get every single time. The, the pass, I mean, what about the face mask? What about the face yeah. mask? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got, we got to look back. And it's actually, I was reading, um, I think Jim Wyatt on the Titans Online was, uh, that is the, the lead photo on his on his piece he's done. If you look at uh, the six things that stood out in the game, that is the lead photo on it. Because I think that's another really, you know, it's a big moment. I think it was, a, was it a third down, if I remember correctly as well? So yeah. it took us off the field, whereas it should have made it an automatic first down, which is, again, just really frustrating. And, and it is, we talk about, I think we've talked about this on, <laughs> for the last couple of weeks anyway. Hmm. As always, it comes down to those fine margins. And whether it's a call the referee has missed or a call that the referee's given uh, harshly, I mean, you can look at some of those, uh, you know, like Mariota's touchdown pass or what should, could have been a touchdown pass to AJ Brown, you know, you can understand. You can understand. You know, these decisions have to be made for, but it is those fine margins. And who knows? That first down on the on the face mask could have led us through to a touchdown, and all of a sudden we're winning that game. Pretend, not potentially comfortably, but certainly yeah, winning it. Yeah. It wasn't our day. I think that's the bottom line. Um, Greg, you mentioned that you were watching it or trying to watch it elsewhere. Um, you were at the Tottenham Stadium, and yeah, the Bears Bears Raiders. How was that? It was yeah, absolutely great. I've never been never been to the stadium before. Um, I've been to the old White Hart Lane, but I've never been to the, to the new stadium. So it was, it was definitely a, a relatively new experience for me. Uh, been to London games many times before, so 
kind of knew what to expect. It was uh, basically a day of spot the Titans fan, which uh, is always a fun <laughs> game to play. Um, and yeah, but the game itself, I think, was 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 interesting. The Raiders started really ran away with it. The Bears were were no way near, uh, no way near them for the majority of the game. Um, their famous defense. We we were literally talking to each other, thinking this 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 is not the defense we expected to see. And then they dragged themselves right back in it. And but the Raiders, I think, had enough for them. I think it was twenty four twenty one in the end. Um, I think that third, being seventeen nil down pretty much killed the Bears. Um, but they did well to kind of come back to an extent. But uh, yeah, in terms of the the experience, I've been to a lot of games at Wembley. I went to Twickenham as well to watch games. But I have to say the, uh, the Tottenham Hotspur ground is is probably the best of them all. It's a smaller stadium, obviously holds sixty thousand or so, but the atmosphere is incredible. Stadium facilities are are absolutely amazing. Um, I, for the first time in a long time, I've not had to queue any more than a couple of minutes to get a pint which is trust me when you're watching uh, watching a game is is ideal because you don't really want to miss too much of the action but yeah definitely recommend anyone who uh hasn't well i know a lot of people weren't able to get tickets this year which is obviously frustrating but when it's back next year I definitely recommend if you can get tickets to uh to get yourself down to a game i'm uh i'm heading there on sunday is there anyone else you about again greg i am yes my uh <laughs> So my in-laws are massive Tampa Bay fans, and obviously they're playing the Panthers. So this one will probably be uh, this one will be a bit extra special. But uh, yeah, so I'm heading down there again. I think it's a little bit early kickoff this time. It's like half past two. So um, yeah, we we'll definitely definitely should catch up. It'll be it's an interesting game in the sense that the Titans are going to play both of those teams in weeks eight and nine, I think. So you're seeing you're seeing one of them out in Nashville, aren't you? But then the then the Panthers the following week. So it should be yeah, try and do a bit of scouting. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, sure the game. I think it'd be a very I think it'd be really interesting because I think Tampa and Carolina both um, they they like they can put points on the board. I think that's one thing you you can't say. And both, I mean, Carolina I think have had a much better defense this year. Uh, Tampa leak points as much as they score points. Uh, I'm expecting a quite an exciting game this Sunday. Yeah, should be hope, hopefully hopefully be a good one. Um coming back to the back to the Titans, we mentioned obviously Cairo Santos being cut. We've picked up Parkey. Um we've also picked up um Rod Smith running back, which was an interesting one. Is uh Dion Lewis's days numbered? Not for me. Not for me. I think I think he's he's here to stay. I, I don't think that they they'd ever cut him. Uh, I think he obviously with Flewellen out injured. I think that's purely a special teams call. He might get a few snaps, but I mean Dion Lewis has I think had probably combined seven or eight carries in the last uh, in, in in the whole season. So no, I still think he'll uh, he'll be around for a while yet. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely just replacing Fluel in there and giving us a, another third string just in case we need it. Hopefully we don't. Yeah, I, I just yeah. feel that you could you could see someone like that getting a getting a few snaps if Lewis keeps playing as he as he does, but you know, we'll we'll see. I looked up his stats um whilst he was with the Cowboys, obviously backing up Ezekiel Elliott and he had 364 yards of five touchdowns at an average yardage of 3.6. So I don't think we really brought him in to be a difference maker in the uh, the running game. 
really. Um, like like I think we've said, it's probably going to be a special teams move and, and seeing what he can provide there with flew out as well. Can he catch screen passes? That's what I need to know. Can he can he catch screen passes? I'm sure YouTube will tell you, but uh, or or they did an all or nothing on the Cowboys a while back. Maybe you might be able to see that. But yeah, <laughs> you know. Deion Lewis can't, so that's uh, hopefully Rod will be better. That was actually a big um, big point in Rabel's press conference. Uh, I think either today or yesterday about the screen game just not working for the Titans. Obviously, we had the first big one against the Browns, but apart from that, the screen game's not really worked. Maybe the Johnny Smith one as a bit of a hybrid screen. Um, on Sunday, but he was questioned it about it and what the timing is to make a screen pass work. And his answer was just really non-descriptive in the whole of it. He was kind of like, "Yeah, well, you know, we're trying to make it work, and it's just about getting the right rotation and the right players in the right place." And it was so he saying, didn't know. "Yeah, it was saying <laughs> same words without saying much." It's like we've all been in meetings where someone said, "So, what do you think we need to do here?" And you said, "Yeah, well, maybe we continue going here for a while, and then if that doesn't work, we go here." It was kind of one of the <laughs> perfect PR uh, bluff, shall we say. Um, some some other news which caught me on the hop was the announcement that Jeffrey Simmons is is going to return. Well, return. He hasn't done anything for the Titans yet, but he's going to be practicing as soon as next week, potentially. Could start week seven, but is at the at worst case likely to start well before the end of the season, which I'd just I'd assume that we wouldn't see him all year. I mean, I don't no. I don't know if he's that at the position we... That caught me massively by surprise, I have to admit. I think um, I was expecting him to maybe get a couple of games right towards the back end of the year, uh, especially if we were sort of chasing down a playoff spot. I, I'm a little bit surprised and I'm also a little bit concerned. I don't know if it's a case of that we're, whether he's actually ready or whether we're kind of rushing him back. But with the defence playing so well, it, it is a case for me. Do you need to? Do you need to bring him in right now? Can you could play guard? Him more time? <laughs> Hopefully. It'd be nice <laughs> if you could. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, you know, do we need to rush him back? I think I, I would take, take our time with him. I think he's obviously one for the future and next year, probably is when he's going to really come into his own. Um, but I don't know. I, I would be surprised if he got too much action in uh, in the next few weeks, maybe towards the back end of the season. But right now, I don't think he will. He might get a little, a few, you know, a few snaps here and there, but nothing too much in my opinion. That's a, it's a nice, nice bit of news to hear when something <laughs> we had the week, week we did in the game, we did and nothing seemed to go away. And then you, you hear that for our, our first round pick, which it felt like it was a first round pick for the long term. Well, it is, but to have a, have a boost like that, hopefully it will lift the, the players around them a bit as well. And then we go on to Denver mile high it's not it's not the mile high stadium anymore it's something else at uh, it's some the sponsor. nrg stadium at mile high that's well, thank you <laughs> um it yeah it's actually literally a different stadium to the one they they called mile high stadium but it's still a mile above sea level i assume so yeah the the altitude test is is always the thing talked about going to denver they're used to it no no visitors are it's one of those places that's got Obviously, that big home advantage. We should be a better team than Denver, though, I think, which might not go in our favour, the 
<laughs> the way things going. I don't know. No, we should we should be a better team, especially the way they're playing this year. But in terms of the Titans, that never usually goes to plan or the way you hope it would. No, no. The la- <laughs> we've well, we've literally won the two games where we were underdogs and lost three where we were favourites. Is that right? I think I'm pretty sure yep. that's right. And that's pretty much how the season looked last year as well. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, Denver's um, an interesting one for me because I think this game is a lot tougher than, than it looks on paper. Um, they had a really bad start. They were 0-4. I think they had a really impressive win against the Chargers last week. Um, they are they are definitely a better team than than they've shown. And also they've got Joe Flacco, who, listen, as, as much as he's... Uh, He's obviously getting on a little bit now. He still gave us nightmares in the game against Baltimore last year. Um, and I, I think this one is is one that I think people will expect us to potentially well, expect us to win, I guess. But I don't see it being as easy as that. I think it's going to be a really tough game. We lose this one, it puts a huge amount of pressure on those next two home games after that against the Chargers and Tampa. Um, so, is it must win? Uh, for me, I actually think it is. I think if we lose this game and go two and four, I'm not saying the season's over by any stretch of the imagination, but um, Adam Rank will certainly be in a, feeling a lot better about himself. I don't. I yeah. couldn't care less how Adam Rank thinks about feels about himself. <laughs> I actively say the opposite. I agree with I you think... though. With this game, we've got to win. Are you, if yeah, two and four. We've got tougher games to come later on. This yeah. is this is a sort of. I do, you say what you like about Flacco and that Baltimore game last year. That that wasn't him beating us. It was us beating ourselves. It was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Um, yeah, you know, our two wins have been on the road. Yeah, Denver's a tough place to go, but yeah, we've played tougher teams than them. And it's it's yeah, if we can't, this it's just we've we've got to do it somehow. Yeah, maybe maybe we, we need our turn for a bit of luck. Who knows? In terms of definitely, our... and I think sorry, on you go, Harry. Go on, go on, go on. Uh, go. Uh, yeah, in terms of our schedule, uh, I listened to a betting podcast for the NFL uh, with an analyst, and I can't remember his name now. He's one of the big Ed Warren Sharp, um, and we have the toughest, the eighth toughest schedule in the whole NFL this year. According sounds, to the stats. Sounds about right. It feels, you look down, you know, particularly into November, December, you know, those games where you, we've got like the Texans twice in the last three weeks. And I think the Saints in the middle of that. Yeah. So yeah. You've, this, this start of the season was the, the easy end. And, you know, it would have been nice to put more wins in the, the win column before they got to the back end of the season. Even even those I think even those easier games, if you like, uh, are still they're away from home. You look at like the Raiders, for example. Uh, I think if we were playing the Raiders at home, I'd probably fancy us a little bit more. But going away is never easy. And then you've got I think it's Chiefs and the Saints are both at home. Um, but both those teams, I mean, by that point you've probably got Breeze back, and we all know what the Chiefs can do. And then you've got to go away to the Panthers. You've got to go away to the Texans and the Colts. So, yeah, this 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 schedule is incredibly tough. Um, it's not it's not going to be easy for us to to come out with, you know, anything of real note this year. I think even nine and seven is going to be really tough to to achieve. Okay, which is what we've uh, 
they're well up for the last little while. But looking forward to the Broncos game. Um, obviously, we've mentioned Flacco, Lindsay, Sutton, Sanders, um, Bant as well. Bit of a plus with Chubb being out, I think, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, that's a, a big help for us. But then they've still got Miller, Wolf. Um, I think they've got Harris as well at their the nose tackle as well. So their front seven still pretty mean. Their linebackers aren't up to much. Middle linebackers with Jewel. Um, and their secondary is pretty good as well with Harris, Simmons. Um, it's going to be a r- bit of a slugfest again, I think, personally. I think it, if we... They're, yeah, they're not a patch on Buffalo, though, if we take a positive on that on that that defense. We've got to be able to do more than we did at the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, um, agreed. Agree with that. Score predictions. Any, uh, how optimistic are we? I always hate this bit of the, of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just throwing a, a... Last week, we all went low scoring. We were all pretty, pretty right on that. I don't think anyone guessed the right score, but we were all all around about the right figure with around about 14, 10 points, anywhere like that. I think this one will be a little bit more open. Um, I don't think the home advantage will be as big as we think it will be there. Um, it's just a bit of client-like altitude. Um, Woodyard was quoted earlier this week saying, we used to think it's a huge thing, but realistically, it's not that big. It's just a mental thing. Um, I think I fancy us. I think it'll be close, um, a lot closer than... I'll be comfortable with it. Will probably be another Titans one score game and probably about 17, 14, 17, 10, something like that. I reckon. I think, I think a little bit higher scoring. I'm going to say 24, 17 Titans. Yeah. Um, this, is gonna be, this is going to be a breakout for us. This is going to be a breakout game in the offense side. I uh, I like the way you're talking, Greg. I can I can gen- genuinely see the offense having a good day. Um, I'm going to go 33-17. Nice. I would take that all day long. <laughs> what do you I'm, think, I'm, Paul? I'm going to have to agree with, uh, with Adam. I think it'll probably be a tight game. I'm going to go... 21, 24, somewhere around there. So 21, 17, 21, 14, somewhere in those regions to us. Excellent. Nobody here is taking the Broncos. In fact, I don't think anybody at any point doing this has taken the opposition, which and, I, and as soon as someone does, they will never appear on the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, I, I, like, I, liked, I like 33, 17. That's, that's my, my favorite. I, that's, that's what we need. Give us a bit of confidence. A few, I'd like, and yeah, a good performance from the O line. I'd like, I'd like to see that against a, a, still a toughish front seven. And yeah, we just, we just want to see us win. So you know, go and thirteen and three and win the Super Bowl. There you go, job done. Um, we have, and even, and even, and even if we lose. Uh, I've still got 100% record in Nashville, so that's basically two guaranteed wins against the Bucks and the Chargers. So it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So what's that? So two and three, six, five, uh, five and three will be after your visit. Nice. Take yeah. that. Now done. <laughs> so we've we've literally guaranteed it. So you know, come at us if it doesn't. No, don't. Well, yeah, do blame us. Why not? Everyone else will be blamed. We've got a couple of questions we put out, I think, on Twitter and Facebook. By the way, Twitter, follow us if you don't already, at TransatlanticTN. There's a Facebook group which you can search for, find that. Um, 
yeah, just just obviously get in touch with any feedback on the on the podcast or anything else. We will eventually be on Apple, I promise. I actually chased this up. It got stuck somewhere, supposedly. So someone techie has given that a kick, and I'm expecting that any day, fingers crossed. Um, in the, in the meantime, I, f- I forget the the list of them. Anchor, obviously. Uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, there are some other places, but Apple's the big one, and we, we're going to get there, um, I promise. And so yes, just a matter of when, hopefully by next week, maybe even by the time this podcast goes out, you never know. We have some some feedback in the form of questions that we had on, on Facebook and Twitter, not not as many as as last week, so get your act together and get some get some more in. Um, Neil Donohoe, who isn't here tonight, he he asked a question on Facebook linked to one that Miles Terry asked as well. It's sort of kind of talking about Derek Henry. Uh, Miles said, considering his talent, size and early reputation, is Derek Henry performing better or worse than what everyone was expecting, all things considered? Um, then Neil's kind of followed up and said... Derek Henry will want parity with the top running backs in the NFL this coming off season when he's negotiating his new contract. Interested to see if you guys think he's worth it. So, uh, I guess are we are we happy with what he's done since coming out of college, and does he deserve the new deal? I'm, I am happy with what he's done since he came out of college. I do think we could be getting a lot more out of him. I don't know whether I want to blame that on Henry or I want to blame that on an O-line that doesn't always give him the gaps that he needs to do what he can do. Mm -hmm. Last year, we were blaming on lack of carries. And once we did start giving him the carries, he did start doing the work. We can't do that this year, but we certainly can blame it on the O-line at times this year. And he certainly went. I still think he's probably top 10 running backs in the league, possibly higher than top 10. I've, I've always been really high on him. And yeah, sometimes I've looked silly for that, but of late, less so. Obviously, the back, back end of last year, he looked, looked incredible. And I think he looks good this season. As far as the deal's concerned, I, it's a, probably a wider point. The way the CBA is, and it's not just running backs, but running backs, it's more obvious because they tend to get they tend to get hurt in their career and their careers aren't, aren't as long, but rookies aren't rookies. Don't get the, the amount of money that the second, second deals are. So what, what you'll find is you know, someone, someone like Derek Henry four years in the NFL on a, a rookie's salary. You know, it, it stacks up. It makes sense. And then you look at the, what the second contract would have to be and the risk of injury and how, how long his career is likely to be. And it, can often make sense to just draft someone else and just just do it that way more so in that position you know unless it's you've got a nailed on stud the strategy yeah, I think is it's interesting Derek Henry for me is I'm I'm the same as you I'm massively high on Derek I think he's uh he's pretty much the main reason why we went on the run we did towards the back end of last season uh he is probably single-handedly one of games um I, th- I think he's he's someone i've got a lot of time for heisman trophy winner i mean you, you can't really say too much negative about him i just it doesn't strike me as someone who will go and hold out for a deal i don't think he's not the same as 
Zeke. He's not the same as Melvin Gordon. He's not the same as uh, you know Levon Bell. He's 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 a very he's, he's not he's, he's he's more humble, isn't he? Like he doesn't very seem much to... so. Yeah, very much yeah. so. And f- and for me, I, th- I don't think so. But will he still get big money? Yeah, listen. I mean, we're we're paying. We've paid Bayard massively. We've paid uh, Taylor Luan only what was it a year or so ago massively. Um, do I think that Derek Henry will get a big payday? Yeah, I think he probably will. Um, but my because I don't think you get running backs of his stature that regularly. You can get running backs of one well, of you know Dion Lewis stature, or you can you know there's others other other types of running backs. But for me, someone who is the beast that he is, I, they don't come along every week. That's for sure. And I think he'll get. I think he'll get a decent payday. I think he'll do well. Um, I think he's such a big part of this offense and what uh, this offense does do. The good stuff comes through him. I, I don't see anything other than a deal for Derek. I'd, I'd love us to keep yeah. him. Obviously, I, I would. But, I mean, it's. it's I'm just making the point that, that that position. Just sometimes, sometimes you've 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 got to think hard. You've 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 got to really really want somebody. For that to stack up, Harry, what do you th- would you you give him the contract? Yeah, I would personally. I think that we're a run first offense, and I think we perform best when we get our run game going early as much as possible. Um, and he's just such a big part of that, and we just need to learn how to use him correctly. I think, like like to be mentioned, the the last bit of last season, we really did do well um, with him, getting him in the right position and putting him in a position to succeed. So far this season, we've not been able to. Part of that's down to the O-line. I think part of that's down to scheming and play calls as well. Um, and it's been a little bit of a struggle, I, I personally think, this year. Um, but are we a run-first offence? Yes. Do we need a decent running back who has the power and the ability to shed that first tackle like he so often does with a slightly weaker O-line, which I never thought I'd be saying in a week five during this season? Yes, we do. Um, and that's why I give him the contract. Fair enough. We'll see what happens. Questions get less serious after this point. Matt Nash says, "Would you rather only be able? Sorry, would you rather only be allowed to jump everywhere you go, or only be able to walk on your hands?" Jumping, right? Surely. Yeah, yeah hundred percent, hundred percent. Is that even? A, that's come on. Get it. Guess, guess. That's too easy. Come on, Matt. Do something better, um, David Sweetland. More serious stuff. Um, just a couple, well, <laughs> let's do these quickly. Who is more believable, Baby Jesus, Grown Up Jesus, or Clipboard Jesus? Clipboard Jesus, surely. No, oh, yeah. Charlie Jesus. Whitehurst, the best Google image search on the internet. On the internet. Uh, Are we? a NASCAR driver in Talladega Heights because if so it is the sweet baby Jesus <laughs> uh, then, he, then he says on a different one of these was WhatsApp I think one was Facebook I'm not sure I can't remember but which Cobb do you prefer Randall David or Corn on the Corn Corn on the all day long David's going to the XFL I'll take Randall just thoughts. because I draft him in fantasy. Oh, no, not anymore, surely. Not now. Well, no, but I in his day, year. yeah. I did last oh. year. Didn't go well. But, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stick some loyalty on the fantasy team players. Oh, fair enough. And then a conversation which followed, which player, past or present, is your Titans man crush? 
Uh, yeah, so on the Transatlantic, Transatlantic uh, Titans Twitter, I said that I would literally probably cry if I ever met Kevin Byard. Um, so he, he has to go down. It's MTSU um, alumni who it, my cousin went to as well um, and just seems like such a down guy as well. So definitely Kevin Byard's my, my little man crush there. <laughs> nice. Mine's easy. And I think, uh, I think most people would agree because... You can say what you like about him as a footballer, but Marcus Mariota as a man, is there a better man in this world? I mean, he is an absolute gent, so he it has to be Marcus, surely. Yeah, we will, we, we've all got a crush on Marcus, surely. <laughs> Paul? Uh, I'd probably have to go with uh, Taylor Lewan, just because I think he'd be an awesome person to go party with. He'd just, definitely be that. And if you yeah, like Paul, drinking out of a fish, he's, he's, yeah, he's your just, man. Uh, let's go see a Preds game. Paul likes, with... Paul likes a bad boy. <laughs> it would. You'd, you'd have a hangover, that's for sure. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, <laughs> his podcast is, um, if you guys have not listened to that yet, Busting with the Boys, definitely worth a listen. <laughs> yeah, big hugs, tiny kisses. Yep. Join the Wolf Pack. I'm, I'm going to go... There's so many, like Brett Kern, you could say. I just, just love what he does. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go back to, to Warren Moon. I, I'm going really old school. Um, yeah, love that guy. The day we traded into the Vikings, not not a happy day. Um, we've, we've had another that I nearly missed. Ollie Booth-Brown has asked, why do you think Walker has been fairly inactive thus far, underutilised or something else. He's always yeah. been on the report each week so far, or at least the last couple of weeks, he's always been on the injury report on a Wednesday, Thursday, and then magically come off by Friday, um, or at least been limited in practice. Part of that, I'm guessing, is age. Part of that, I wouldn't be surprised if he's taken a little nick like Cameron Wake did last week and then wasn't active. That's my opinion, yeah, I think that's yeah. right. He's coming off a big injury last year, so he's, he's he might still not be a hundred percent, certainly confidence-wise, and age will catch up to him. It might. He's not. He's not going to be the player of two years ago. He might be close, but and he'll certainly want to be. His desire is clearly there. But... Yeah, for me, I think with Delaney, he's um, it's definitely an age thing. I think they're they're just being cautious with him and making sure he doesn't overwork. I mean, if you. At the age of, was he 34, 35? If you go away and, and you're injured with such a bad injury for pretty much the whole year, you know, you know you're going to have to ease and back into it. But also, we've got a lot of depth at tight end. You know, we've still got Pruitt, we've still got Ferks, uh, and obviously Johnny Smith had a big play last week. I think he's there to really nurture that younger talent and give them you know, as much as possible. Uh, and hopefully, we'll, yeah, I think that's that from Johnny Smith. We haven't seen that in a while. I think the last time I saw Johnny Smith really contribute anything was probably Dallas away last year um, he's and that's that's the sort of thing I think Delaney is this year will it be his last I don't know but I think for me Delaney Walker is is definitely they're playing the long game this year if they want him to be available towards the back end of this season this is the only way that we can do yeah. that is by limiting yeah. the snaps okay um, let's well let's get into the final part of the podcast, non-Titans related, which is arguably the most important part. Um, Paul, it's your first your first time on the podcast. You've got to have something you need to get off your chest. 
Oh. <laughs> Do I? Put, <laughs> put me on the spot. Shall I come back to you? Yeah, come back to me. <laughs> okay. Let me think of something. Greg, Greg, you've got to be, you're looking like you're stewing there. I'm stewing every week, Adam, you know that. <laughs> uh, so um, it's, it's still sport related. Um, and I think I mentioned this on our WhatsApp group the other day. And um, it is my choice of sport sporting teams that I have. I seem to have a really bad habit of picking teams that just cannot win for toffee. Uh, I'm in on my football, as in soccer, for those of anyone listening in America. I support a team called Stevenage, who haven't won a single game apart from in a pointless trophy all season. Uh, I'm also follow the Houston Dynamo, and they're one of the MLS teams. Uh, they finished second from bottom. Uh, there's the Houston Astros I've got. They're actually in the playoffs at the moment, but they got absolutely annihilated by Tampa Bay, and so it's down to a decider. I just have a really bad choice of sports teams, and obviously after the Bills, I was definitely licking licking my wounds on that one. Uh, Sunday was not a, not a good day in that respect, which uh, unfortunately after what was supposed to be a really fun day out, uh, watching the game at, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, just had came home with a real sour taste in my mouth, just wondering all about my life choices and why do I seem to pick these teams? Uh, and yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> hopefully next week, beginning with the Titans and because Titans are definitely one of the, the big ones for me. And if I have to rank all of my teams, they're, they're definitely off there at the top. Um, definitely. Hopefully they can, they can make me feel a little bit happier to come next Sunday. I think, I think supporting the Titans, regardless of how you rank your sports, because there are only 16 games in a year, it's sort of, there's more importance on them, on them. I always think, you know, Stevenage will play 46 league games, you know, plus cups. Play, you know, it's, it's... Uh, play, play is a strong <laughs> word. I mean, they barely turn up to half of them, to be honest. So. Oh, fair, fair enough. <laughs> um, Harry, what have you, what have you got for us? Yeah, so I got one really quick one and one which is a bit of a moan and one quite nice one. Um, first of all, Rugby World Cup, come back to us. Why are we cancelling games? Like, obviously, I understand there is a weather thing, but find a way. Come on, it's a group game. Secondly, um, I entered a competition on NFL Lads on Facebook for a Golden Duke Bowl, uh, signed by the Commissioner, uh, giveaway and won. So that was fantastic. Oh, wow. Happy wow. days, yeah. So that's nice. Nice one, nice one, mate. Yeah, so that was a that was a after what was an awful Sunday, a huge boost toward the end of it for sure. So um, yeah, a, a great thing, and thanks so much to NFL lads for that as well. Just to put it in as well, they didn't pick me because I am on this podcast, which has about four listeners. So that's always a bonus as well. There we go. <laughs> um, I've I'm not sure I've got much to get off my chest. I don't. This Euro Millions thing. The Brit- British person's won 170 million euros or whatever it is. Yeah, why wasn't it me? Oh, but but <laughs> there's always this. It's a, it was a rollover, right? I don't. I don't tend to do the lottery. I think my wife might have bought a ticket for this one. Like, why is it if it's a a big jackpot like that? There's all this fuss, and everyone's got to go out and rush to buy a ticket. Oh, I don't want to miss out on a chance to get. Well, you, you're too good for just the normal 10 million. Like, no, I'm it's, not. I'm I'm mock such a low pathetic amount. I'm only going to be in for the real, real big obscene money. 
It is fascinating because I used to, I used to work for the National Lottery, um, their head office, and it is hilarious how their sales go from <laughs> kind of their lev- base level for a, like a base draw when it's five, ten, fifteen million pounds. As soon as it hits anything above eighty, ninety million, it just spirals out of control. So I know, uh, yeah, I've seen it from the other side as well, and it is absolutely bonkers. It's just like, hold on a minute, so you're suggesting that if it's twenty five million for the Euro Millions, you're not interested. As soon as it hits 80, 90 plus, it's like, it goes absolutely bonkers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't me either, chaps, so apologies. No. Yeah, no. I'm one of those people that once it hits about the 60 million mark, I'll go buy a ticket. But before that, I won't touch it. And it's like, <laughs> now, that you're, now that you're saying it out loud, I'm like, I put like coupons on every week for like a couple of hundred quid. Why am I not doing the lottery every week? It'd probably get me more money back. I'm just encouraging you to spend more money on gambling. Uh, that, really, yeah, I don't need that in my life. I've got too many <laughs> fantasy football group chats that do that anyway. Um, Ironically, you... that's why I do it. That's why I do it as a job now. So, but just that's that's by the by. But yeah, listen, I I tell you, I would absolutely love to take 170 million. I think I'd end up having about five houses, and one of them would definitely be in Nashville. Yeah, I would die within a week. There is. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd be gone. Ow. Oh, week. <laughs> I'd be going to a lot of Titans games, that's for sure. Um, Paul, have you thought of anything to, to get off your chest, or are you going to be... Oh, I don't... Yeah, let's let's, let's talk about the... Let's, let's keep going down the winning money or not winning money factor. There's a competition <laughs> running on radio up here in Scotland across the uh, Bower Network. I'm pretty sure they've got stations down south as well. Um, it's, it's called the Cash Register, and I've been... Had my name in it every week for every day for the last two months. I've still not gotten the 50 grand phone call. What's that about? Listen, every day they don't call me. Someone else wins about 50 grand. Gambling, gambling doesn't pay, ladies and gentlemen. It does not. No, it does not. Definitely but yeah, I got, not. I got posed the funny not. questions. They're like, how do they fund giving away all that money? And I'm like, because if there's idiots like me calling in and spending <laughs> two pound on a text, they're making like four times what they're giving away in a day. Yeah, I think they're doing all right. Bauer, Bauer Media, probably uh, probably just about turning a profit. I've no idea. They might be the next Thomas Cook for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's get out of here just under just under an hour, which will be a relief for, for anybody listening. I hope. Um, thanks for thanks for coming on, Paul. Thanks to Harry and Greg. Thanks for everyone who's listened. Just before we go, Irish Titans. Thanks for the shout out. We're going to just play tennis with this. Um, I, I loved your your reaction to our comments about Terry Rubisky. So we're going to retract those. He is the goat. Um, there are no no better offensive coordinators slash coaches of any kind who've ever ever been involved with the NFL. And I don't understand how he's not in the Hall of Fame. And on that note, um, looking forward to a win in Denver and tighten up everybody. Sign up, guys. Sign up.